Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB AM 860. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm here every week with some women, uh, not only in the Philadelphia area, but in today's case, uh, I have a wonderful woman joining me from England, and I'm thrilled to have her here today, and her name is Janet Jones, and Janet is the founder of Happiness Millionaire, which is a company that offers people around the world tools to finding both professional and personal success. And she has done so from her own um, very personal experience, and we're going to talk about that today. Janet, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you for inviting me, Susan. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I um, I have so much to, to talk to you about. I'm going to try to um, be organized and get through it in, in the short time that we have today, okay? Right. Um, I'd love to start with your um, your background, Janet, and, and before we talk about the organization that you have and all of the wonderful things that you offer, I'd like to hear a little bit about your childhood and, and what your growing up years were, were like. Uh, my childhood, I'm the youngest of four children, and um, I come from kind of a working-class family. My dad was a laborer on a building site, and he drove vans and things like that, trucks. And uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she raised all four of us uh, pretty much on her own, actually, because my dad worked pretty hard. And he's of the generation that, after work, he would then go on to the pub. So, um, you know, he was a wonderful dad, but he was caught up in that sort of mindset of, um, you know, just making ends meet and, uh, and doing the best you can with what you've got, that sort of thing. And uh, so we were raised in a really loving family, a Catholic family, and fairly strict upbringing. And when I reached sort of teenage years, we lived in a really small village as well. And when I got to be a teenager, I knew there was so much more to this world. And, and I was just hungry to go and find out about that. And that hunger led me into a, a theater career. I became a hair and makeup artist working in the theater, and I had found myself working in the West. West End of London, um, and doing lots of really, you know, fun jobs. But my dad's perspective was that you were meant to get married and have children, and, and you weren't meant to have careers. <laughs> and of course, I wanted a career. I wanted to find out what this world was all about. So I set out on my own journey, and, um, and not always having my dad's backing either, which was uh, which was a shame. But it made me more um, determined to get his support and and I wanted his recognition like in everything that I did. So that made me a high achiever. You know, I didn't want to work in a local theatre. I was heading for the West End Theatre. Um, I then also headed to work for the BBC, all really to get my dad to acknowledge that actually a career is not a bad thing. Um, so that's kind of my my childhood in a bit of a nutshell takes me to being a teenager. Right, right. You know, I we've spoken um, several times before today, and I understand that, you know, your dad was a big influence in your life and um, a big part of where you are today and what you're doing. Um, um, tell me a little bit about your mom and her role in your life when you were young. Um, my mom was really the rock, to be honest. Um she was the one that was just always there, you know, 
like when you fall down, she's there to pick you up. And so I suppose in a way you, you sort of take that kind of love for granted, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I always knew that she would be there and accept really anything that I was wanting to do, you know, just sort of go, yes, dear. <laughs> you know, she was, she was great for that. Right. Um, and, and I guess it's a, it's a natural thing, isn't it, that the one who's saying to you, yes, you do what you want, then you go, great, thank you. But when someone else is blocking you in a way, I, this was my personal experience anyway, was that I wanted to break through that blockage and, and I saw my dad as, as my block. And so it was, I was like determined to, to break through that. I wanted my dad to say, you know, well done, that's great, just as my mom was doing. Right. Um, so, and that wasn't the case when I was younger. Yeah, that's interesting. So sometimes that negativity is more of a motivator for people. It certainly can be. I mean, I believe there are two kinds of motivation, and one is a towards motivation, so towards a gain or a bonus of some description, and then there's the away from motivation, so, you know, something that's causing you a problem that would motivate you to solve the problem or go past the problem, and so you've really got those two kind of motivations, and my dad was very much the, you know, the away from motivation. I wanted a different life. I wanted something very different, and I wanted my dad to recognize me. Right. And so, so talk a little bit about then uh, after high school, Janet. Um, did you go to college? I did. I went to, well, I guess you guys would call it beauty school. Um, for us, it was hair and beauty college. And um, from there, I did hairdressing, wig making, cosmetics, all those kind of things. Because at that point, I wanted a career um, working for theatre and TV. And those are the qualifications that I needed. Mm-hmm. And I, I then went on to work for top hair salons in London and Manchester and Edinburgh. But I always aimed for the top because of my dad. You know, that was always my driving force. Right. So, you know, I am grateful to him for that point of view. Yes. Uh, you know, so, so it was very much that driver to get to the top. And, and now I drive myself, you know, I'm my own driver now. Right. Um, so I, I know that you're married and you, and, or, or I'm sorry, you're divorced, actually. You yeah. got married and you had um, two children. And uh, three in the end. Three in the end. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> and I know, talk a little bit about those years um, because this is a very critical time for you, um, your marriage, and uh, what happened during that time that led to a breakthrough for you. Yeah, and you know, very often it's uh, the toughest times become the best of times, and for a number of years there was a major struggle and. Uh, so I I was married, and two years into my marriage, my daughter was two. Uh, my daughter, Iona, who I now work with, she's also my business partner, and she's now coming up for 21, so this is quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time, I got a phone call from my sister after we'd been away for a really lovely weekend, the three of us, and I was seven months pregnant with my son, Lewis, as well. And we'd been away. We lived in Scotland, in Edinburgh. We'd had a weekend with friends in the Highlands, walking and taking photographs, always my passion. And when I returned home, um, the phone was ringing, so I grabbed it very quickly, and it was my sister, Lynn. And she she asked if I was sitting down, and I said, uh, well, no, but I can do, you know. So there wasn't a chair, so I sat on the floor. 
and my lump on my knees and um, and she said it's dad you know and I immediately I said he's dead isn't he and she said yeah and the strangest thing happened at that moment was and I always describe this you know when I'm when I'm speaking as if I was in a, a cockpit of a plane and up until that moment in time I had been the co-pilot and that second, when I knew my dad had passed away, I really felt I was the pilot and that actually then I realized my decisions were now down to me. I don't know if that makes sense to you. It does. Um, it does. But, yeah. So I, so I felt my life was my own, given everything that I've just said in my background as a child there. Now, I adored my dad. He, he was really um, a very special person. Um a few days later, however, when because my family lived about 200 miles from me, so we all got in the car the following day and drove down to the family home, which is in Bolton in Lancashire. And uh, when I arrived there, I was immediately ushered up the stairs to a, a quiet room because the house was busy. There's 20 of us all together in our family, so it was chaos when we arrived. And I was sort of taken up to, to mum and dad's bedroom. And I remember Lynn putting her hand on my back um, as we went up the stairs. And she said, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I thought, blimey, how worse can this get? Huh? Mm-hmm. So as we were stood in mum and dad's bedroom, uh, my mum was on my right and Lynn was on my left. And my eldest sister, Rose, was stood right in front of me. And uh, there's all this small talk that was going on when people are avoiding what really needs to be said. Mm -hmm. And I think eventually Rose realized that she can't sugarcoat this. So she looked me in the eye and and she just said, Dad killed himself. So uh, Lynn was right. It did get worse before it got better. Mm -hmm. Um, And then what followed that was actually a six-year um, depression for me, which then ultimately led to a breakdown, which was also my climb upwards. Because I think, in some ways, things have to break before they can get better. Or it's certainly been my experience, and and it was only by finally saying, "Would you stop fighting this um, and change?" Which the breakdown makes you do that, you know, you because you can't stay down the whole time. Well, you can do, and many people do do. Mm-hmm. But my experience is that actually, that is a moment of extreme power, um, and you can use that energy and turn your life around, as so long as somebody shows you how, you know. That's and right. I was I was very fortunate. You know, Janet, when I when I hear that story, I think about. Um, we began this interview when you talked about your always having um, a desire to be better and um, a natural curiosity, I would say, um, about life. And I think that that's probably a big part of why you were able to um, come out of this, uh, because that was inside you all along. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I'm sure you're absolutely right, but there is another thing at play, really, and that is uh, they say timing is everything. And I'm a great believer in the universe and, and how all the energy works and the lessons that we're put on this planet to learn. 
And what had happened on the day that I had my breakdown, and it was, a, I'll never forget it actually, it was a really hot um, summer day in July. Those things are very rare, though we've just had lots of summer. Um, but we, we then moved from Scotland and we lived in Yorkshire, and we had this lovely four bed detached home. And on this particular day, I, by this point, I had my three children, and they were all really young, and they were out playing in the garden, and, uh, you know, an idyllic day, really, because the summer breeze was coming in through the patio windows. Um, I was cleaning. My husband was working in the study. And then suddenly, I just realized I couldn't go on anymore. It was... Uh, as though I'd hit a brick wall, and I'm sure there are listeners out there who have had breakdowns and experiences like this, but it's like you just get stuck. And I knew that was as far as I could go. Uh, I was living a dual life, you know. Inside, I was deeply unhappy, but on the outside, I was making my life look perfect. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually, I was totally out of alignment. And so on that day in July, my inside said, enough's enough. And so at that point, I went to my husband. <sighs> Sorry, this is real hard. <laughs> I went to my husband and I was really upset, tears in my eyes. And I said, look, I can't do this anymore. Um, I'm going to have to take antidepressant tablets. Because I knew, you know, my dad's option was completely out of the question. Right. And, uh, I, but I felt like such a failure. I was thinking, how can me, you know, this person who's been this high achiever, how have I got myself in this state? Um, so I said, I, I've just got to do it. I couldn't see another way at all. So on the Monday morning, I took my children to school. And uh, when I got back, it was my intention then to pick up the phone and call the doctors. And as I arrived home, the postman had arrived and left me my uh, mail for the day. And there was a piece of direct mail, and it had landed. It was on the top of, like, over here we get it coming through our house, and it lands on the floor behind the door. And, uh, and this piece of direct mail was on the top, and it was bright red, a bright red booklet. And on the front, in really bold yellow and white font, it said, achieve the impossible and break through to an extraordinary and fulfilling life. And I remember reading those words and thinking, well, that's what I want. I don't want to take antidepressant tablets, but I want my life to be fulfilling. So I read this booklet, um, and actually I've read, I still have it, and this is many years ago. And I've read it since, and it's purely a sales letter. But within there, it spoke to me about achievement and success and happiness and how we can all have that. And, um, and it was a 30-day free trial of some audio tapes by Napoleon Hill, who um, many people know, millions of people know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I listened to his tapes over and over when they arrived. And bit by bit, a bit of light came on in my life. And I never did take the antidepressant tablets. I started to follow this system of success and happiness that was time-tested and fail-proof. And I put it to the test. So I used that to get up from ground level. Um, and Napoleon Hill always talks about goals and, you know, like that. And, you know, I'm a housewife with three young kids, and there are no things as goals. You might set a goal, but anyone who's listening has got three young children. Mm -hmm. And I know you've got children, Susan. Yes. That those goals can go out the window at any moment. Huh? That's right. Um, so 
I thought, right, okay, I need something that I can set goals by. And uh, my postman arrived again, and I always say, you know, he knew me better than I knew myself. And um, he delivered this piece of direct mail that was to raise money for disadvantaged children in the UK and to hike to Machu Picchu. And I thought, well, there you go. That has goals. Um, I love traveling. I've done a lot of traveling in the past. Uh, during my breakdown in those six years, I'd lost a lot of confidence. And, and I remember looking at this uh, booklet with these fabulous pictures and all these people having fun. And I remember thinking, I wonder if I, wonder if I could put myself into a group of people again and feel like the person that I used to be. Um, so that was my big challenge. That was, that was me testing this system and breaking through. Um, and I did it, and it was great. Yeah. What, a, what an amazing story. I, you know, Janet, how remarkable was it that that day that letter would show up at your house? It just it blows me away, you know. Um, and my daughter once said to me not very long ago, once we started Happiness Millionaire, doing our seminars and um, and she said you know mum I wonder what life would have been like had that booklet not arrived and I thought oh that doesn't bear thinking about actually you know right right on the route where I was going down you know yeah Uh, what an and what a wonderful um example and story for your children yeah yeah uh, it's been it's been great for them. Even now, when they go through difficult times themselves, you know, they'll refer to this system also. Uh, you know, which is terrific. Right. And and we're going to get into to that um, definitely later in the interview. Um, we're going to actually take a short break, and when we come back, I want to get right into um, what brought you to um, create the images for the Napoleon Hill Foundation book. We'll be back yeah. in a moment. Are you looking for a photographer? Would you be interested in one of the best in the business? Look no further. Peter Gallo has been photographing people, places, and things in the United States and Europe for over 40 years and loving it. He specializes in the best possible photography given any subject matter. His experience has taken him around the world shooting everything from conservative corporate affairs to personal portraits to fashion and the world of arts. Peter Gallo is a true professional, determined to capture every image in its best possible light and does so with the utmost creativity and dedication. If you need help with any project, contact Peter at 215-592-8024 or email petergallo17 at gmail.com. To hear about this week's specials on corporate portraits and headshots, simply Google Peter Gallo Studio and you will be taken directly to his website. Or again, call 215-592-8024. It's really tough for an everyday investor to find honest, personalized investment advice. Some brokers only push the latest hot stocks. And some financial advisors won't even return your phone call unless your account is worth half a million dollars. That's where the Mutual Fund Store comes in. It's where you talk with your local advisor, someone you can meet with face-to-face, not somebody wearing a headset a thousand miles away. And your Mutual Fund Store advisor will work with you to design an investment plan to help you get where you want to be. 
From day one, our advisors track your funds to make sure they're still right for you. Not everyone in the investment business can say that. The client comes first at the Mutual Fund Store with custom investment plans to fit your goals, not ours. To learn more, visit MutualFundStore.com or call the Mutual Fund Store now in East Norriton and Cherry Hill, 877-239-8330. That's 877-239-8330. Want your home to look great for company from out of town? Moving to a new place? Or just want the satisfaction of a clean, healthy home? Whatever your reason, everybody needs to clean. So why not choose the line of cleaning tools that makes your task easier? Quickie is your one-stop cleaning solution with everything you need to get the job done right. Whether you're cleaning one room or the whole house, Quickie has the right tool for the job. It doesn't matter if you prefer a more traditional mop and bucket or if you'd like to save time with a new Quickie spray mop. Quickie has everything you need to get the job done. Founded in Philadelphia over 60 years ago, Quickie's commitment to quality and value have helped it grow to the number one cleaning tool in America. It's Quickie and it's clean. Look for Quickie products at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, ShopRite, and other fine retailers near you. Do you know Saltz Matkov? Would you like a legal team with over 100 years of experience working for you to defend litigation in the areas of business and contract disputes, employment, transportation and aviation, products and premises liability, intellectual property and construction? We are Saltz Matkov, and we can help. From Wall Street to Main Street, we represent Fortune 500 companies and small businesses alike, achieving successful results inside and outside of the courtroom. For a free consultation, contact us at 484-318-7225 or visit us on the web at saltsmatkov.com. That's S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-T-K-O-V.com. Large firm expertise for a fraction of the cost and with all of the personal attention you need. Serving Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. Call 484-318-7225 or go to saltsmatkov.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're here um, with Women to Watch today, and Janet Jones, founder of Happiness Millionaire, is joining us from England. And um, the first half of the show, we we spoke with Janet about um, the story that kind of led her to really uh, what we call an aha moment uh, for Janet, where she had been down and out and um actually turned her life around through some um, information that she received from the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And uh, Janet, I'd love to talk about, in in August of 2010, um, you were actually commissioned to create some images for a book called The Path to Riches. And I'd love for you to talk about how that came to be. Um, Well, years ago, just after I'd uh, had this breakdown and then doing the hike to Machu Picchu, um, that would be in the year 2000. So this is when the Internet was pretty basic and way before Google. But I did a search, and I think it was Yahoo at the time, and I found the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And they had just started a training course, an online training course. Now, it was quite a lot of money at the time, and with three young children and, you know, a big house, we didn't really have a great deal of money. And I looked, I thought, you know what, I can't really afford to do this. But then I said to myself, you know, 
I can't afford not to do this because I needed the knowledge that they had in order for me to turn my life around at the time. So I started to work with them. I did this online course and very loosely kept my connection. Once I had done the training, I then, and I arrived back from Machu Picchu, I was still a full-time mother of three, but I promised myself that I was never going to be that person that I was previously. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I needed something then for myself. You know, it's great being a mother, but it is all one-way traffic for a long time. You are very much giving yourself out. And I needed to put something in. Um, I'd been into photography since I was a teenager, and years ago I was meant to do a photography degree. So this particular day, I took my children to school and I went for a walk. I just popped a backpack on my back and I thought, if you do what you love, you'll never work another day in your life. You've got to remember, by now in this part of my journey, I was committed to being happy for the rest of my life. And that meant actually making a living at something that I had a real passion for. Mm -hmm. And uh, photography just kept coming back to me. So I thought, right, that's what I need to do. So I signed up on a three-year photography degree. I could have come up with a massive list as to why I couldn't do it, but I wasn't interested in that. I knew that's what I wanted. And once you decide what you want, then the how will simply show up. So that was my experience of doing the photography degree. And once I had done that, I communicated then back with the Napoleon Hill Foundation saying, wow, you know, I've done, I've done this. And, and so we then kept communication going. And in 2010, they were doing a, a, this book, The Path to Riches, which uh, Judith Williamson, the director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation, the Learning Center, has, um, you know, authored it. But she's put contributing authors together as well. And she asked if I would like to contribute a chapter to this book. So I said, wow, you know, I'd love to. And and at the time, by then my marriage had had failed because once you change on the inside, then your external life changes also. Um, You know, there's a lot of science behind why that works. And often things give. It's not always the marriage, but in my case, it was my marriage. And um, But in 2010, I was then with the love of my life, um, and I just thought life just couldn't get better. I was doing a job that I really adored. I was with somebody that I really adored. I had three fabulous children. Now I was asked to be in a contributing author to this book, and just thought life was terrific. Um, but it, within a few days, this guy went off with somebody else and totally broke my heart. Um, so I found myself back at the bottom of that pit again, oh, but no. it was the second time around, so I got out a lot quicker. And um, so I contacted the Napoleon Hill Foundation uh, to Judith, and I just said, look, you know, I told them what had happened, and I said, I'm going to need some extra time to write this chapter. And um, and here's the other thing. You never know what you are putting out into the universe that is going to change the course of your life. And on that email, I wrote a PS at the bottom, and I said, if ever you're looking for a photographer, I'm always looking to get away. And Judith wrote back and said, well, why don't you do the photography for the book? And I said, yeah, I'd love to do that. Um, I thought they just wanted a book cover. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she, I said, what do you want me to photograph? She then went on to list the whole 13 principles from Napoleon Hill's classic book, Think and Grow Rich. 
and um, and I thought, oh wow, you know, how do you photograph Sixth Sense or um, like auto suggestion? Because these are all things that, you know, they're not tangible, are they? These are a thought process. However, I knew that when you say yes to something, the how shows up, and I just had to get to work. And the how did show up because the path to riches is now illustrated by me with these 13 images. And um, and I've gone on to do lots of other things with them, too. Yeah. Now, now this book, um, Janet, is available globally? It's um, Well, it's mostly in America, actually. It's very difficult to get hold of a copy over in the U.K., but it is available from the American Amazon website. Okay. If anybody wants to get hold of that. Right. That must have been so exciting that they actually gave they they did not only ask you to do these images but they wanted you to create um an image that would represent these principles and that yeah. must must have been so exciting for you a really exciting project it, totally and it was my lifeboat really you know at the again that you, timing you know timing is everything right. and uh, and the time that it came into my life was it was my lifeboat because I threw my whole self into this project and um, and also that creativity level is higher. There's a specific principle within the system that uh, talks about a higher level of creativity and that's all. It's called the sex transmutation principle, and that is your whole your passion and enthusiasm, um, and it comes from your sexual energy. And at that time, for me, my energy level was was very high, and so you get a very high peak of creativity, which uh, which is great. Right now, how long did it take you to complete uh, the thirteen images? Um, it probably took me about four months altogether. Okay, and of, I think for for our listeners. You know, for our listeners, just to give them um, an example of what we're talking about, um, it's hard, I think, sometimes when you're not looking. Um, the The magnifying glass image that you created, I think, is very, very, um, it's just, it's one of the images that I think resonates very strongly. So maybe if you describe that for the listeners, they'll understand what we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. Um, the magnifying glasses represents focus and maintaining your focus, but not just on a to-do list basis. Um, the actual image is, again, uh, listeners, if you can use your imagination here, mm-hmm. um, it's set with a really beautiful blue sky, um, some very highly contrasting green grass, and then there's some wooden sticks and uh, a magnifying glass with a hand holding the magnifying glass and then smoke coming off the wood. And this is real smoke. There's nothing been photoshopped in this image whatsoever. And the reason for that image coming about was once my life had kind of fallen apart, you know, all the, both men were out of my life and um, I had to really start anew. You know, I was financially starting anew with my family and um, new career, everything, because everything had just been ripped apart. And I went to an event in London, and it's called the National Achievers Congress, and it was huge. Tony Robbins was there, Richard Branson, and many other big names. And I was listening to all these speakers talking about success and happiness and business and all that kind of thing. 
And there was a guy on there, he was an Australian man, and he's an internet marketer, I believe, and his name is Kerwin Ray, and he was telling this story about when he was a child and in his science class they were setting this wood on fire with a, microf- um, with a magnifying glass. And, his, and he said to his teacher, look, I'm no good at this. Um, it's not working for me. And the teacher said, you've got to hold it still. You know, you've got to hold it in place. And so he would go back and hold it back in place, and it still wasn't working. And he said, you know, I'm clearly not any good at this. I can't do it. So that, and it was at that moment I realized that's what I'd done up until then, is that I hadn't stayed focused and magnified on what I really want out of my life so much that I make that happen. Um, And this image popped into my head exactly as it is now in print. And and that was amazing. So then I had to come home and and make that one happen. Right. And I love the story. I, I... I believe your daughter helped you with this image and, and actually went through the process of saying, I can't do it, I can't do it. She did. It was very funny. And, you know, again, when I speak, I tell this whole story, and it was funny because um, I had to, when I came home, I figured, you know, how difficult is this going to be? You know, I just need a magnifying glass, someone to hold it, some wood and some sun. But right. the irony is is that I live in England, and we don't get much of that. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, Iona was living in Barcelona, and so I figured, oh, well, I'll, I'll book myself a flight. It's only two hours away, and I will go and see her in Barcelona. So I got a magnifying glass locally from an antique dealer, and off I went. Um, but when I arrived, the, so did the clouds. So we had oh, no. clouds for the whole weekend. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so I came home with no image. Um, however, that also represents the persistence principle. That's because right. when you've got an idea, you can't give up, can you? That's right. So, yeah. So I came home, and in a few weeks' time after that, Iona returned home as well. And uh, I woke up one morning, and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. So I woke Iona, and I was like, come on, it's time to do this picture now. And so, of course, she was grumpy because I'd woken her up to do this. <laughs> Teenagers. <laughs> so, I, yeah. so I get the magnifying glass. Oh, they're all the same world over. They are. And uh, So I get the magnifying glass, and we go up the hill, get everything in place, and she's holding this magnifying glass glass still and just like Kerwin Ray she went mum it's not working and I said well just hold the magnifying glass still because I figured you know there are sometimes you just know things and you know for a fact that if you get the sun and you magnifying glass uh, through a magnifying glass and you hold it in place it's going to set something on fire yes so I said, you know, <laughs> just, just hold it still you know <laughs> So she did, and it still wasn't working. And she said, Mom, why don't we go and get some matches? <laughs> Nobody will know. <laughs> yes, they will know. And that <laughs> defeats the whole know. focus purpose. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So eventually, I, I, you know, after she's scowling at me, I said, just keep it still on the wood. You know, we've got to bring that sun's energy through the magnifying glass with absolute sharp focus and intensity. Um, and sure enough, we got it, and the smoke came, and she was then really excited. Mm-hmm. And right. the moral of that story is, how many times have we, all of us, you know, thought, I'm, I'm not good at this, and then move the magnifying glass, think, I'll try something else. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there are many, many of us that do that. Since this picture, 
I never do that because I see it every single day and I know for a fact just stay focused on what it is you want from life and you will get it right. because it's the same they're the same universal rules and um, and that's why pictures really really work because you could read that in a book or listen to it on a radio program and, and be sat there going yes yes I, I totally get that and then next week forgotten it completely right and right and then move the magnifying glass so pictures keep you on focus yes and you know we should just talk about that briefly i you know the whole purpose behind these these 13 images is that a a photograph does kind of stay with people longer than text i know for myself i'm very very visual and i can read a page three times and sometimes I not even know what I'm reading because I'm distracted. But when you do look at an image, it stays with you and you remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. And, you know, this, this system uh, that we keep talking about, it's so important. Um, I think everyone can benefit just by being introduced to it um, somewhere in their life. And, you know, we talk about success and happiness, but that's all subjective. It's all about what a person wants from their life, you know. It, sometimes there's an awful lot of pressure to be successful and have big houses and cars and be a millionaire and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that isn't everybody's definition of success. So I, I don't want to pressurize people thinking that, well, they've got to achieve all of that in order to, you know, be successful. Because I believe that actually achieving lasting happiness in itself brings success. That's absolutely right. That has to come first. It has to come first. It's, it's, called, it's like building the foundation. Um, you know, I was recently at a success event down in London, and I was speaking there. And, um, and then I got to speak after this guy who was talking about success. And I said, you know, everything that he has spoken about will build you an amazing empire. But I want to share with you how to build an amazing foundation so that the empire doesn't fall. And if a bit falls, you can repair it and you know how to do that. That's right. um, So that's what I do. Yeah, that's people. wonderful. Um, Janet, we're going to take one last quick break. And when we come back, I'd, I'd love to hear the story about how the name Happiness Millionaire came to be. Okay, cool. you know Saltz Matkov? Would you like a legal team with over 100 years of experience working for you to defend litigation in the areas of business and contract disputes, employment, transportation and aviation, products and premises liability, intellectual property and construction? We are Saltz Matkov and we can help. From Wall Street to Main Street, we represent Fortune 500 companies and small businesses alike, achieving successful results inside and outside of the courtroom. For a free consultation, contact us at 484-318-7225 or visit us on the web at saltsmatkov.com. That's S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-T-K-O-V.com. Large firm expertise for a fraction of the cost and with all of the personal attention you need. Serving Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. Call 484-318-7225 or go to saltsmatkov.com. Want your home to look great for company from out of town? 
moving to a new place, or just want the satisfaction of a clean, healthy home? Whatever your reason, everybody needs to clean. So why not choose the line of cleaning tools that makes your task easier? Quickie is your one-stop cleaning solution with everything you need to get the job done right. Whether you're cleaning one room or the whole house, Quickie has the right tool for the job. It doesn't matter if you prefer a more traditional mop and bucket or if you'd like to save time with a new Quickie spray mop. Quickie has everything you need to get the job done. Founded in Philadelphia over 60 years ago, Quickie's commitment to quality and value have helped it grow to the number one cleaning tool in America. It's Quickie and it's clean. Look for Quickie products at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, ShopRite, and other fine retailers near you. It's really tough for an everyday investor to find honest, personalized investment advice. Some brokers only push the latest hot stocks. And some financial advisors won't even return your phone call unless your account is worth half a million dollars. That's where the mutual fund store comes in. It's where you talk with your local advisor, someone you can meet with face-to-face, not somebody wearing a headset a thousand miles away. And your mutual fund store advisor will work with you to design an investment plan to help you get where you want to be. From day one, our advisors track your funds to make sure they're still right for you. Not everyone in the investment business can say that. The client comes first at the Mutual Fund Store with custom investment plans to fit your goals, not ours. To learn more, visit MutualFundStore.com or call the Mutual Fund Store now in East Norriton and Cherry Hill, 877-239-8330. That's 877-239-8330. Are you looking for a photographer? Would you be interested in one of the best in the business? Look no further. Peter Gallo has been photographing people, places, and things in the United States and Europe for over 40 years and loving it. He specializes in the best possible photography given any subject matter. His experience has taken him around the world shooting everything from conservative corporate affairs to personal portraits to fashion and the world of arts. Peter Gallo is a true professional, determined to capture every image in its best possible light and does so with the utmost creativity and dedication. If you need help with any project, contact Peter at 215-592-8024 or email petergallo17 at gmail.com. To hear about this week's specials on corporate portraits and headshots, simply Google Peter Gallo Studio and you will be taken directly to his website. Or again, call 215-592-8024. Welcome back, everyone, to Women to Watch here on WWDB AM 860. Uh, I'm thrilled to be joined today by Janet Jones, who is founder of Happiness Millionaire. And um, I'd love to hear, uh, Janet, how the name Happiness Millionaire came to be. Um, Well, again, another funny story behind that one, because I reached this point where... um, like I was saying earlier, I was then on my own and dealing with my own finances, uh, single mom, three children, and I hadn't worked. I'd been a full-time stay-at-home mom, so um, I'd lost that connection to the outside world of work. And I sat there and thinking, oh, my goodness, all I could see was my income going down, you know, completely slashed in half, and I was sort of hitting panic. And I was on a Skype call to a friend of mine in Canada, 
and um, he, we were sort of talking. I said, oh, you know, I'm never going to be a millionaire at this rate. <laughs> I'm happy, what? but I'm not going to yeah, be a millionaire. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I said to him. I said, well, at least I'm a happiness millionaire. Yeah. And I happiness millionaire, that has got a certain kind of desire to it. Right. <laughs> and, um, and my instinct, you know, I'm a great believer in, you know, when you feel a feeling kind of in your chest area that says you need to do this um i'm a great believer of follow that you know and so um i just thought i need to google this and see if anyone else is using happiness millionaire and there was nothing so um you know again this strong feeling was saying okay buy all the domain names that you can you know right <laughs> and uh, so so i did and that even even though i i had like no money and i was really struggling financially I spent £200 online just buying domain names and hosting, and I thought, I know that I need to do this. Yes. But at the time, I had no idea why. I wasn't a mentor at the time. I hadn't even created my Happiness Millionaire uh, pocketbook. I just knew that I had to do it. Um, yeah. And I had to follow that instinct. So that, that's what I did. And, and uh, like I said, at the time, I was a commercial photographer. Mentoring was just not what I was doing. And uh, so I get all this happiness millionaire. And then suddenly opportunities come up. More and more people are interested in those 13 images than they were in booking me as a commercial photographer. Right. You were, um, you were really on to something. Oh, just unbelievable. So then, you know what? I just stepped on the journey, and I've allowed the journey to to just take me ever since, and it's taken me to some remarkable places and uh, things that I could never have really dreamed of, in fact. And, and I can remember, this was when I, by this point, I'd created my pocketbook, I'd, so I'd made them into a little product that was very convenient for people. They can put them in handbags and glove compartments and buy the bed, and, and many people all over the world are doing this. And um, I then was doing my teeth one night, and I get this message that says, you need to speak, you need to tell more people about this. And I'm thinking, no way. I don't speak. <laughs> I hide behind a camera, you know? Right, <laughs> I'm right. I'm a photographer. I go on the other side. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And um, But once again, it was a really strong instinct feeling. And I thought, well, if that's what I'm being asked to do, then I must go and learn the skills and... Uh, because remember, I'm a high achiever, so yes. whatever I do, it has to be the best that I can do. Right. So I got myself, um, you know, uh, sort of gained experience and did some training for speaking engagements, and uh, and it's taken me down that career path, which yeah. is which has been amazing, really. Well, you you mentioned you know you've been exposed to so many exciting brand new things and I know that you've met a lot of very very interesting people and one of them happens to be John Asaraf which I think many people do know he's behind the secret um, can you talk a little bit about your first meeting with him and and how you came together um, to collaborate well, I'd love to but before I come on to John though um, let me tell you, I also have met work with Bob Proctor also from the secret and uh, and that again part of the journey because uh, one person that I'd worked with here she'd done I used to do like a little book club before people were interested in the images um, a lot of people were asking me about them and said you know well would you do any training and I said well 
not really, but, you know, well, we'll you have a few people around my house and we'll see where it goes. So one of those people, she's called Anne Devlin, she sent me an email one day and she said, I can't go to this, but thought you might be interested. And it was a link to an event that Bob Proctor was doing in London. And when I saw it, I thought, well, I can't afford to be there. It was another £600, um, and it was traveling down to London and everything. So my immediate reaction was no. But there was a free um, download of something, I can't remember. So I thought, oh, well, I'm always interested in freebies. So I put in my name and my email address. And I then, the following day, my phone rings, and it says, oh, hi, this is uh, Andrew, and I'm a Bob Proctor consultant. And I thought, what? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> another so, coincidence. Another coincidence. But actually, he was wanting to book me as his photographer for some um, portraits that he needed doing. And he said, you know, are you going to Bob Proctor's event? And I said, well, no, I, you know, I can't afford to do it. And so I'm going to give it a miss this time. And so he, um, he then said something about how the people who pay for the high ticket are going to have the photograph taken with Bob Proctor. And I said to him, have you got a photographer for that? He said, well, no, I don't think so. It was a case of people who just take their own photograph. So I said, well, would you like a professional photographer? down in exchange for the ticket. Yes, <laughs> great said, yes. question. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, so that got me working with Bob Proctor. Okay. And because of working with Bob Proctor, I then got to know the events people. And when they brought John Asaraf over, they asked me to go along as a photographer. And I said, well, I'd love to do that. I want to launch my happiness millionaire images, my pocket images. Is that okay? And they said, yeah, that would be great. And I was like, wow, this is really good fun. So I worked with John for two days in London, and then we all got on a plane and uh, went over to Dublin, and and it was uh, was great, really excellent fun. That's a great example of, of don't ever be afraid to ask, right? Ask a question. If if the answer is no, then you move on to the next thing, right? Yeah, yeah, or persuade them, but, you know. Yeah, that's right. Focus, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, unless you ask, how do you know what the answer is going to be? And and I hear this a lot, actually, in younger people at the moment. You know, it's like, well, they'll probably say no, but you don't know that. They might say yes, you know. That's right. So so I believe in asking the question and... uh, I do, too. I asked for a, sh- a radio show. Yeah, there <laughs> and you I, they go. said yes. I said, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You've got to ask the question. That's right. So, um, Janet, let's talk a little bit about how you actually took um, a lot of times our listeners are people who are on the verge of maybe launching their own businesses and their own companies and how you actually took this idea and these images and this book and turned it into a company. Um, that's not something that you can do alone. And uh, I'm wondering who you reached out to to help you with those steps. Uh, well, my, my daughter works alongside of me. And when we launched the product with, uh, with John Asraf in London and Dublin, I realized I needed some help. And she happened to be over. She was living in France at the time. She happened to be over. And uh, I said, you know, can you give me a hand with this? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd like to do that. When we got back, she was totally inspired to work in the personal development industry. So the two of us then got our heads together because it's so very difficult to do uh, to set up a business completely on your own. Mm-hmm. So if you are on your own, it is essential to belong to a mastermind group. But make sure it's a small mastermind group, a very um, 
close mastermind group. There's lots of businesses offering masterminds, but the best one is you and a few other people who are like-minded. And um, so because I had Iona, we were able to really develop the business much more quickly. And then it's about finding your external team. Who, who is it who can help you with certain areas of your business? And, you know, as a, a sole trader or of a small company, mm-hmm. you can't afford so many staff when you start out. So, That's right. you know, those outside sourcing is essential. Mm-hmm. But choose very carefully. Um, in the early stages, I didn't choose as carefully as I should have done, and it becomes an expense. And so, yeah, choose really carefully. Right. Um, let's talk a little bit about what, what it is that working with you um, helps people to do. I, I, I wrote down four things that I think are very key in helping people move forward from a uh, professional standpoint. And these are things that working with you really um, help. Um, and, and the first thing is to stop the negative self-talk. What is that all about? Well, you know, we talk ourselves out of more things than we talk ourselves into. So with the, using the, these images, the first image is of a mountain climb, and that represents the principle of desire. And when we remember that, you know, we're on a journey, and we've got to climb that. Now, if you were physically climbing this wall, you'd have the desire to get to the top, so your language would have to support you to get to the top. Along that journey, however, you're going to become tired and maybe a little bit sore, and the language will start to change. So that change of language can either keep you where you are or it can have you quitting. Mm -hmm. So it's important to maintain language that's going to get you climbing to your desire. So the, um, the rock climbing image always keeps your mind focused on where you want to go. But at the same time, remembering that life does get tough for every single person, Mm -hmm. you know. With successful people, you only see the stuff on the surface, you know. They don't let you go on the inside. So I'm telling you that on the inside, every single person will have difficult days. But those are the days to start changing your language. Identify what kind of language is going on in the mind and then to start changing the language. Right. And and how about um, something else that I think is very common with just about everybody is procrastination. And the procrastination comes from that um, that negative talk. Do, can you describe the image that you use for that? Um, yes. Yeah, so for that, for procrastination, I would use the persistence image. And this shows a guy uh, kind of running along the road and he's got a bandage on his knee and really bad trainers. And he looks like he could just stop and think, no, this is too difficult. But actually, he keeps going. So that image encourages people to keep going when the going gets tough. And and it's when life is tough that we want to procrastinate and we procrastinate out of fear. Um, We have other images that can deal with that as well. Right. You know, I I wish we had time to go through all 13 images, but um, we don't. And of course, what I'm going to encourage people to do is to go buy the book and, uh, and see those images firsthand. Um, Janet, you had mentioned to me an, an offering for the listeners, and I wanted to make sure that we get that in in the few minutes that we have left. Um, a free consult with you. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Yes. Um, for your listeners, I, I'd like to offer anybody who would like to have a free one-to-one mentoring hour with me, then if they want to drop you an email, and then you can send the email connection to me and we can you know, connect up. And I'm happy to give anyone a one hour with me and talk through where people are in life and you know, where they would like to go and how I can help them and how these images can help them. Um, there's one other thing that I'd like to offer as well, and that is I've got a, a free audio all about focus and the focus image that we were talking about. And anybody who would like the free audio for that, if they go to happinessmillionaire.com forward slash focus, so that's F-O-C-U-S, then they'll find a free audio there and just fill in your details and it's a download and you get the image. Okay. That's terrific. Thank you so much for that. That's very generous, and I think it's going to be very worthwhile for anyone who takes advantage of that. And that's the end of the show, Janet. I hate to let you go. (laughs) And I'm very much much looking forward to a time that that we can sit down in person. And um, thanks so much for being with us this afternoon. And um, if anyone is listening and has any additional questions for Janet, please feel free to contact me at srocco233 at Gmail. Janet, have a wonderful day, and I'll be in touch. That's great, Susan. Speak to you soon. Thank Thank, you. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. 